They were in one of the I states when Zeke told Isaac he had to ride in the trunk for a little while. Zeke announced this new plan in what Isaac thought of as his fakey voice, big and hollow with too much air in it. This was the voice Zeke used whenever Isaac's mother was nearby. He used a very different one when she couldn't hear. You brought this on yourself, buckaroo, Zeke said, securing the suitcases to the roof of the car, then making a nest in the center of the trunk. When Isaac just stared at the space that had been created, not sure what Zeke wanted him to do, Zeke picked him up under the arms, swinging him into the hole as if Isaac weighed nothing at all. See, plenty of room. Put down a blanket, Isaac's mother said. But she didn't object to the trunk idea, didn't say it was wrong or that she wouldn't allow it. She didn't even mind that Zeke had stolen the blanket from the motel room. She just stood there with Penina and Ephraim, huddled close to her, looking disappointed. That was the last thing Isaac saw before Zeke closed the trunk, his mother's face, sad and stern, as if Isaac were the bad one, as if he had caused all the trouble. So unfair. He was the one who was trying to do the right thing. The trunk was bigger than Isaac expected, and he wasn't as frightened as he thought he would be. It was too bad it was such an old car. A new one, like his father's, might have an emergency light inside, or even a way to spring the lock. His father had shown him these features in his car after he found Isaac playing with the buttons on his key ring, popping the trunk, locking and unlocking the Cadillac's doors. Isaac's mother had yelled, saying the key ring wasn't a toy, that he would break it or burn out the batteries. But Isaac's father had shown Isaac everything about his new car, even under the hood. That was his father's way. Curiosity didn't kill the cat, his father said. Not getting answers to his questions was what got the cat in trouble. His father had even shut himself in the trunk and shown Isaac how to get out again. But this car was old, very old. The oldest car Isaac had ever known, probably older than Isaac. It didn't have airbags or enough seat belts in the back seat. Isaac kept hoping a policeman might pull them over one day because of the seat belts. Or maybe a toll taker would report his mother for holding one of the twins in her lap in the front seat, which she did when they fussed. But there were no tolls here, not on the roads that Zeke drove. Isaac was trying so hard to keep track. They had started out in Indiana, and then they went to Illinois. But Isaac was pretty sure that they had come back to Indiana in the past week. Or they could still be in Illinois, or even as far west as Iowa. It was hard to see differences here in the middle of the country, where everything was yellow and the towns had strange names that were hard to pronounce. It was hard to tell time, too, without school marking the days off, without a calendar on the kitchen wall, without Shabbat reminding you that another week had ended. Would God understand about missing Shabbat? If God knew everything, did he know it wasn't Isaac's fault that he wasn't going to yeshiva? Or was it up to Isaac to find a way to pray no matter what, the way his father did when he traveled for business? Now, this was the kind of conversation his father loved. He would have started pulling books from the shelves in his study, looking for various rabbis' opinions, and whatever the answer was, his father would have made Isaac feel okay, would have assured him that he was doing his best 
which was all God expected. That was his father's way, to answer Isaac's questions and make him feel better. His father knew everything, or close enough. He knew history and the Torah, math and science. He knew lots of terrific old war movies and westerns, and the names of all the Orioles, past and present. Best of all, he could talk about the night sky as if it were a story in a book, telling the stories that the Greeks and Indians had told themselves when they looked at the same stars. Does Orion ever catch the bull? Isaac had asked his father once. Of course, that had been when he was little, six or seven. He was nine now, going into the fourth grade, or supposed to be. He wouldn't ask such a question now. Not yet, his father had said, but you never know. After all, if the universe is really shrinking, he may catch up with him still. That had scared Isaac, the part about the universe shrinking. But his father had said it wasn't something he needed to worry about. But Isaac worried about everything, 